It's, uh, thank you so much again for, for coming out, and uh, we've, we've got some, uh, I know somebody's got a broken down car that they're, they're working on, and we've got different things that are going on. We've got uh, one family that can't be here because they, uh, uh, they got moved this week, but in all the moving, they, they have no hot water this morning, and, and, uh, and you say, well, you have to have hot water to come to church. You do if you've been moving all week. Um, <laughs> Uh, otherwise, uh, they come to church and everybody else is moving. <laughs> you remember the song, moving? All right. So, um, but the, uh, anyway, we just need to pray for those folks. And, and please be in prayer about 8.30 in the morning. I, um, this, well, pray this evening. My, I'll be putting my wife on a, on a plane. I'll take her to the airport about 4.30 uh, today. And she'll be going to... Um, North Carolina at uh, 8.30 our time in the morning. Our son-in-law, Luke, will have this. Uh, it's a stint, and you think, well, that's not that big of a deal, but it, it, where they have to do it, it's, it's, a, it's a, a junction. Uh, and I guess it's really, really, it's at the back of the heart. It's a junction, and it's, it's just really uh, a dangerous kind of thing. So uh, she's going there to be with Ashley and be with them during, during that surgery in the morning. Uh, all right, well, I want to begin, if you want to go to Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12. And I'm going to need you this morning to smile. I'm going to need you to say amen every once in a while. I'm going to need you ladies get out your handkerchief and wave your handkerchief sometime. You say, why? Yeah, I just because uh, it's gloomy today, amen? Uh, matter of fact, it's too gloomy today. Colby, do, what'd you say? That's, that's sir. Yeah. Could you uh, open, those, open those blinds over? You know how to do that, twist those things? Get up and do it. What? All right. That boy's retarded. Um, <laughs> roll time. Uh, Brother Carl, it, since it's going to take him too long to do it, would you grab that one at the back back there? And uh, probably he won't figure him out. Um, yeah, see there, that gives us light. We just, Brother Hopper normally does that, and he, we didn't get it done because he wasn't here, and the person that took his place didn't get it done. And so, um, right now, all right, thank you, Colby. You're so kind, and Jim Lee, and uh, I'm going to slap you afterwards. All right, then. I want you to think about this. We're at Luke chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 13. That's where we're going to start reading. But uh, before I read it, uh, I want to give you a little illustration that anybody that's a parent of more than one ch- child that's got of age where they can do this, you'll understand this. Anybody, um, you, your children, uh, you've, you've got one cupcake and you've got two kids. And it's time to share. Now, first of all, does anybody want to share? No, they don't want to share. And if the older one grabs it first, you know what he's going to do? He's going to divide it. He's going to divide it for his... And let's just pretend that this paper right here is a cupcake. Right there is a cupcake. And if the older one gets it, he's going to divide it and to give his brother, his sister, half. And that's the way he's going to do it. Amen? And... um. So now, the, what you have to do, though, in anybody that's had kids, after a while, you figure this one out. Here's what you do. You look at them and you say to them, all right, one of you is going to divide it, and the other one gets to choose which piece they want. Amen. Oh, yeah. And you know what happens now? 
Whoever's doing the dividing, they put it under a microscope, and they use a laser, and man, they're going to study it, and they're going to study that thing, and they're going to look at it, and they're going to watch, and they're like, huh, huh, and then they're going to, ooh, mm. oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, got a corner here. They're going to, because they want to make sure, because the other one gets to select. Amen? Anybody ever tried that? It's a, it's a you know, try it. It's a fun thing to watch. Because they will, uh, or if you really want to mess with their head, let one of them rip it apart and go to hand it and say, no, 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 wait a minute. You tore it, the other one gets to choose. Watch them cry. <laughs> All right? Uh, it is so much fun to watch them be persecuted. So, the, uh, but now we're going to look at, it's uh, really not a humorous story, but we're going to look at Luke chapter 12, verse 13. It says, uh, and one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he, he's, he's just, he's looking straight in the face and saying, hey, look, don't be fighting with your brother over this. Why are you doing this? That's not important. And folks, if you've been here very long, you, you've probably heard this statement to me. Uh, relationships are more important than a dollar. Relationships are more important than things. And, and really, uh, we're going to see this in just a moment, but uh, the Lord's going to teach about this. In verse 16, though, he goes now, he says, and he spake a parable unto them, saying. So he says, okay, I got the situation, and here's how Jesus taught. And, and, and it's funny because a lot of preachers today criticize the type of teaching that Jesus used. And you say, what's that? Illustrations. And this is what Jesus does. He comes and he says, okay, you know what? We've got the situation. I've got this question. I've got the, this fellow that's upset and he wants his share and he, and he doesn't feel like his brother's given him the right amount or, you know, to, to properly provide it for him. So Jesus says, okay, let me just teach you something. I told you directly that this is not what's really important, but now let me teach you something. And he says, and he spake a parable unto them saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall the, those things be which thou hast provided? So, he, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit of God, please guide my mind, my thoughts. And, and Lord, this, this has been on my mind for quite some time. Lord, I pray, please, please help me to, to say it and speak it in the way that you gave it to me. Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee and I beg you. 
please guide my tongue, guide my mind. Lord, let me with clarity be a help and a blessing to somebody. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We see that God warns us about living our lives from this parable for ourselves rather than for God. That's really the direct teaching. He's looking and he's saying, you know, what's important is not these things that you're after. Young man, you want to, that inheritance and, and you, you want a portion of the inheritance his daddy's left. And you want to make sure you get this. Your brother has taken it. And, and truthfully, it was probably an older brother that, and they, they got a greater portion of the inheritance. And maybe this younger brother just didn't get much. And he's, he's saying, you know, you know, he got so much and I got so little. Why didn't he give some to me? And it's a sobering thought today. Uh, as he is the way the Lord presented this whole story, though, the way that he's presented it, he's trying to say, you know, that's not what's important. Those material things are not what's important. This covetousness that's gotten into your heart is so dangerous. And he said, now, here's what you got to understand. Today may be your last day to live. Now, how important is that car today? How important is that house today? How important is that, that inheritance today? It's a sobering thought that today might be my last. And I, when I, that thought enters my mind, I start to ask myself, what have I done? What influence have I had and what influence will I leave? As I was studying this, and I said, this has been on my mind quite some time. The truth is, I started preparing this for the couple's retreat, but the Lord just kind of shut the door on that, and I decided to, that it was for this morning. But the question that would keep ringing in my mind as I, as I would study this, and, and it was on my heart for weeks now, is, am I rich toward God? It's not my bank account. It's not my possessions. It's not the things, my equity. It's not that. It's am I rich toward God? You know, man seeks a legacy. You know, it's, it's amazing, but that's all, the only word you hear. Every president at the end of this tenure, you know what he's concerned about? His legacy. Now, truthfully, sadly, it's in every one of us. How will we be remembered? Man desires to be remembered. It's so basic to our nature. We know we cannot live forever. Listen to this. This is really what we're saying. We know we cannot live forever, yet we still want to live forever, if, if only in the hearts and minds of others. Somehow we don't want to die. And we want our influence to be carried on. You know, as I, as I started to, uh, when I wrote uh, back in 1992, I think it was, I wrote a book called Just One More Lap. Just some stories, and I dedicated it to my mom, and, and, uh, and, and uh, it was stories that I had preached in camps and different things. And I never dreamed that, that 20 years later, 20 plus years later, I meet kids that grew up with those stories, that grew up with that book, and, and moms and dads today that say that they use the book for their children today. 
And it's an amazing thing. And, and I got to thinking, you know, what's really, really exciting is that my grandchildren read those stories. You know, my grandsons, they re- and they come to me and, they, and they, they bring the story to me and say, you remember when you did that? I said, well, yeah, I think I do. And, and, and they get so amazed. My little son, uh, grandson Trent was playing soccer this year, and, and, and all he wanted to talk about when I got there is the chapter about the, uh, my, my soccer. And, you know, as I was playing soccer in my senior year and the stories, and they're humorous stories, and they got little caricatures and stuff in it. But, you know, I, I told my wife, day, I said, you know, it, it, it's, it's wonderful that, I, that even after I'm gone, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren will have this book. To remember their granddaddy. It's, it's, it's a basic teaching from this lesson and illustration that Christ gives us about our priorities. That's what he's really doing. He's, he's saying in this lesson, this parable, it's our priorities. C.T. Studd, great missionary of the past, said, Only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. And that's really what the Lord's saying to him. He's saying, you know, you're going to die. It could come tonight. And the real issue is not what barns you have, not what possessions you have, but what have you done for Christ? And I know a lot of you have been in church for a while. You say, man, I've heard sermon after sermon after sermon like this. Well, you see, I intentionally do this. I I intentionally lead you down a road because I'm going to throw a curve at you. Today, I want to look at the whole passage of Scripture and see the subtle but powerful truths that our Lord is also teaching. And, I, and, and I, this is what God has shown me, and I, and I believe it's, it's, it's here. And it, verse 13, it says, One of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge and divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of the covetousness, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. This is a real life story dealing with two brothers. This is ultimately about human relationships. See, we, we look at this passage in this parable and say, this is all about, this is totally about our relationship to God and our relationship to covetousness and, 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 our, and possessions. But this is also the way the Lord uses and teaches this. He's trying to make clear this is about human relationships also. It's, it's about human relationships as well as spiritual relationships. It's about a family relationship and how it affects our relationship with God. Do you know that, that our family relationship can, ref, can affect our relationship with God? Do you understand that, that no matter how much we smile at church and how much we, we're good to each other, if we don't have right family relationships, if we're not right with each other, we're not right with God. It's about our God relationship and how it affects our relationship with our loved ones. And if we're not right with God, we're not going to be right with our loved ones. We're not right with our loved ones. We're not right with God. Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38 says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first great commandment. God says, now look, this is about the fact that you are loved me more than all the things. You are loved me more than your car, more than your house, more than your possessions, more than your bank account. 
But if we truly love God, we must love each other. You see, he also says in 1 John 4, 20, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. He that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? God says, don't, don't be telling me you love me while you hate your brother. And truthfully, this is talking about when we hate others. You see, in here, all of us are brothers and sisters. So God's talking about anybody. Now, how much more if we hate our real brother? How much more if we are not, don't have the right heart and life toward our spouse? Toward our mom, toward our dad, toward our children, toward our in-laws. I'm going to just give you a couple of things. First, we are, what we see in this passage, we are to love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Secondly, wives, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, mother-in-law, father-in-law, grandparents, we are supposed to have a supernatural love for each other. We're all supposed to have God's love for each other. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says this, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, watch this, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And, and be ye therefore followers of Christ as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And watch this, folks. We, I know we have a tendency to say, well, wait a minute. I love them. I just don't like them. Okay? I, I don't think you're willing to sacrifice for somebody you don't like. So if you don't, you're not willing to sacrifice for them because you don't like them, you probably don't love them. Hello? Come on. Yeah, thank you. I just need a couple of ladies. Just wave something. I'm, I'm going to get some man in here to start saying amen. I would start with Kobe, but I said some man. And, uh, yeah. Come on, fist bump. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> Now, come on now, fellas. You can give me a holy grunt every once in a while. Thank you. I'm looking at you, Carl. Hey, thank you. Big as you are, and I get amen. Come on. Amen. Come on. No, okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Now, you're still out there thinking, okay, Brother Hooker, we've heard these kind of messages before. Hold on. We're not there yet. This passage begins with a human relationship because it's talking about two brothers. What is more important to us, what is more important to us than our relationships, especially our family relationship? This is what God's really saying. He said, what's, what's more important to you? Son, is your, is, your, really, is your inheritance more important to you than your brother is? Because, watch it, you say, Brother Hooker, how do you get that out of it? Look, if, if he's my brother and I've got to go, i got to go to somebody else and say, make him give me, we don't have too good of a relationship. We don't have a very good relationship. You know, a true good relationship, if he had the right heart, he'd just go ahead and give me. So go ahead. 
Your heart's not there yet. No, if I got to get somebody else involved to make them give me, we got a problem. There's an issue here. So it's real easy to see that there's a deeper issue here. Then it deals with a personal relationship. It deals with a, a uh, family relationship because talking to the two brothers. Then it's dealing with a personal relationship, his personal relationship with God. Do we put God first in our life? If we put God first, we will put our relationships with others before our desire and our covetousness. You see, if we put God, what he's saying is if we put God first, then that, look, I'm going to put you first. And this is the reason I started to preach it to the, to the married couples, but I just thought the Lord just shut me down and, and had me a different direction. But, but listen, anybody in here, if really I have the love of God for you, you know what God did? God came and died for me. He put me first. And the truth is, is that that's what I ought to be doing for you. And can I tell you, that's, that's my heart's desire is that I do that for you. And not just for you, my brother. I was at the, uh, the hotel that we were at and, and we were getting the final pictures made and and, uh, and, and I'm not telling you to do this because I get stupid this way, but, but I'm in, I'm in the, I went in and I said, everybody, who wants some drinks? And so, uh, different, and so I, you know, somebody said they wanted a bourbon, and then somebody else, no, I'm just kidding you. Uh, but I said, you know, so they, a couple of sweet teas and a couple of, you know, a diet, pep, whatever. And so I went in, and, and, and I got an armload of this stuff uh, that, I, that I've got, and I'm, uh, while they're getting their pictures taken, and I, and I was uh, heading over to pay for it, and there was a line about four or five people they were all employees. And so uh, uh, I, I got there and I got in the back of this line and I'm trying to juggle all this stuff. And that one of the employees says, sir, you just need to come up in front of us because we, you know, we're going to be here all day. You just come on up in front of us. And, and so he finished up the one that was doing there. And so he got done. And, and, and as soon as I got up there, the Lord said, you need to do something for them. And so I, I looked and, and, and I gave them the money for the, uh, uh, the cold drinks. And I said, uh, he said, here's your amount. And I said, no, add theirs on, their meals onto it. Now, I know that's probably crazy. And when I found out how much it was, it probably was. <laughs> but the fact is, is that... Why do you do that? Why does that happen? I don't know why God speaks to my heart to do that, but here's what happens every time. Every time there's a little battle that goes on in my head. And it says, Lord, I can't do this all the time. I'll run out. And the Lord says, I'm not asking you to do it all the time. And secondly, it's my business whether you run out or not. And, and so then I, I, then I look back in and say, now, wait a minute. Am I going to get to the point where that dollar is more important than listening to the Holy Spirit or that dollar is more important than doing something for my brother? And one lady came through, almost tears in her eyes. She just stepped forward, and she came up to me, and they kept saying, sir, you don't have to do this. And I said, ma'am, yes, I do. And it has nothing to do with you. But I got to. And she shook my hand and she said, all the years I've worked here, I've never had anyone do this for me. That's my brother. And I'm not, 
I'm just honestly, I, I'm, not, I'm telling you, I battle over it because I don't, you know, it's, it's not easy to just dish out money, especially if you don't have it. Now, finally, I'm coming to my real point of, my, of this message. You see, I've kept you, I've got taking you like three different directions, and you all said, oh, I heard this, oh, I heard that, okay, I got that. Jesus deals with this young man about his brother. We've seen this. And he tells him to get his mind off money and possessions, but rather on relationships with family and with God. Again, this is a wonderful truth in this passage, but it's not the truth that I want to center on today. The real subtle truth that I see from this passage is a question. And it's the question that I'm opposed to you today. And the question we see so often from this passage is this. What if you were to die tonight? What if you were to die tonight? Of course, that's a whole illustration the Lord gives. What if you were to die tonight? And if I died tonight, would God's word have been, thou fool? You were caught up in the wrong things. You were focused on the wrong stuff. Would God look at me and say, you chose things over your relationship to your loved ones, over your relationship to God? But this is not the question that God led me as I studied this passage. And this is the one week that I almost hoped that she wouldn't walk in. And she just came in. For some weeks now, my wife has been asking me the same question over and over. Why are you doing what you're doing? After almost 39 years, she said, you're treating me differently. Because weeks ago, God brought me to this passage, and he brought me to the real question. It's not, what if I were to die tonight? The real question is, what if my brother were to die tonight? What if your ladies, what if your husband were to die tonight? Men, what if your your wife were to die tonight. What if your mama or your daddy were to die tonight? What if that family member that you're estranged from were to die tonight? What if this were my last night on earth? That's a great question. But that's not the question God put in my heart. 
Some weeks ago, God put in my heart, what if she were to die tonight? You know, the fact is, if I die tonight, I've done everything I can. I've, I've got two pilot life insurance policies, and I'm trying to get a third. I'm, I've tried to set it up so a house would be paid for. I've tried to set it up if I were to die tonight. But what if she were to die tonight? What if I got all the inheritance from them that I could and they died tonight? What if I got my way and that night they were gone? What if I made my point? And, if, and it, what if I won the argument? And that night, they entered eternity. What if I showed them? They're going to treat me this way? I'll show them. What if I showed them? And that night, they left me forever. Here's what God said to me. How important would all those things be? How important would the things that we argue over really be? How important would the things we get upset over really be? You see, this sounds, but if I die, I die in peace knowing that she's taken care of. But if she dies, there's only one thing that I want to know. I want to know that she knew how much I loved her with her very last breath. I wanted her to, to take her last breath saying, He gave Himself for me. What I realized is that I would trade everything that I have. When we really start thinking about the fact that they could die tonight, you realize you'd trade everything that you have, every opinion you have, every right you have, you'd trade it just to have them back. Would I not react differently? Would I not call them on the phone and apologize? Would I not ask for forgiveness? Would I not hold them and hug them and tell them I love them? If I knew tonight, I was going to lose them. If I would act that way, if I knew that I was going to lose them that tonight, should that not tell me that I should be willing to give it all up for them now? Because God says, you don't know, but that you will tonight. So I was writing this out, and 
I was thinking about Ashley and Luke, and I, I think I can make you this guarantee. I think I can make a 100% guarantee that tomorrow morning, when they get dressed, when they start toward the hospital, I think I can make you a 100% guarantee that they won't be in an argument. I don't think they'll be fighting. I don't think Ashley will be demanding her way or Luke will be upset at her. I think no matter what has gone on, I don't care if they wake up tomorrow morning and find out every dime has been stolen out of the bank. I think they'll still hold hands as they wheel him down that hallway. And every step she would say in her heart, if she could utter it, you can have it all. The girls were talking on that WhatsApp thing, and they were talking about the different things they're going to do for Valentine's. And Ashley wrote and said, we're going to be in the hospital for Valentine's. She said, but I'd be in the hospital every Valentine's. If I could just know he's going to come out and come home. Hold tightly to what you have for it may be gone tonight. James chapter 4 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if the law, if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. And who art thou that judges another? Go to now, you say, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into a such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? Is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while, a little time, and then vanisheth away. What relationship is estranged? What loved one is away from you right now? What element of pride is keeping you from speaking to each other? What thing have you allowed to come between you and the loved one or another Christian? That thing, whatever it is, has also come between you and God. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. It's all home folks. And you're all a bunch of wonderful people. But let me just testify here for a second. Some weeks ago, this reality started to consume my heart. Not what if I died, but what if she did. 
And I'd like to think that I've been a pretty decent husband. I'd like to think I've been a good father. I'd like to think I've treated my wife well. But listen to me. Apparently, not like I should. Because this thought changed me enough that she said several times, what's going on with you? And God said, maybe all of us, maybe all of us should work on this and realize, what if they were to die tonight? Father, I pray that you bless, Lord Jesus. It's a a gloomy day, and I don't didn't mean to have a gloomy message, but Lord, I know that this overriding thought in my heart and mind has helped me not a hundred percent, Lord, I failed, but Help me to control my spirit in a better way. Help me to sacrifice in a greater way. Help me to love even more deeply and appreciate in a greater way. So, Father, I pray that, Lord, that you might touch hearts this morning. And dear God, as always, if there's somebody here that's not saved, dear God, I pray that they would get saved, that they would know that there's a way that they could know 100% sure that they're on their way to heaven. But Lord, if, if that person's here and still struggling with doubts, please let them come. But Father, you know this message is for the home folks that made it out and the dream.